have a question or something you would like to talk about, send us an email or message us on Facebook and Instagram. So we started talking a little bit of the World Speedway in the last show, Jed, and um, a lot of good feedback on my end. I had a bunch of people talking to me about it. Um, so did you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we did, and people wanted to hear more about it. And um, Yeah, we've got a good friend who, who knows a lot more about it than what we do. So why not bring someone in that knows a bit more? Like I'm a That's punter. Right. I watch the speedway from the sidelines and like we've sort of said, like we know a few of these guys, but to be honest, like I don't really know a whole lot about it other than watch TV and, and that sort of thing. So we brought Kurt Shields in. How are you, mate? Mate, not too bad. Good to hear from you, mate. You've got a few takes on the series. Now, look, before we get in there into the series a little bit, in a couple of minutes, like because I don't even know you that well, you're, you're pretty a bit closer to Jed than me. Mm. Um, yeah. How do you fit into the show, mate? What's your background in Speedway, just for the listeners and me? So I come from a, a Speedway background. Uh, so my family, uh, pretty much every generation of my family have done Speedway as uh, their form of income at one stage. So I've got a, a practice track out at Mulbring near this, that's not turn off. And uh, yeah, it was just a, a way of life for us as a kid. We, you know, a lot of people that have to travel a long way to find a track that was open and on and running uh, each weekend and we had one in our backyard and it was just a, a Saturday sort of family friendly thing that we used to go and, and go and do. So it was kind of part of life and then developed into a bit more, a bit more interest and a bit of racing. And then, yeah, I wanted to sort of follow on the, the footsteps of the family and do what I could to go overseas and ticked all the boxes, uh, qualified for the state titles and, and got picked up after a short trip in, in England. And yeah, it went from there and did some Premier League racing, a bit of racing in the elite league and, uh, eventually, family life and, and kind of uh, new goals and new aspirations took over, and here I am today. There you go. So you raced overseas for a little while on the series? Yeah, so I went over in 2003 and 2004 to mostly mechanic for my cousin, and, and back then that was kind of how you did it. Um, Adam was a full-time Premier League and Elite League rider at the time, and, and for me to go over there and get a little bit of interest by me doing some laps after races and going to, you know, practice days and all that sort of stuff is how you get noticed. So that was the whole idea for me at 16 and 17. And um, I did some riding in what back then was the National League, which is the lowest tier. So the third grade, um, I suppose, C grade of Speedway in England. And, um, yeah, it's not so much financial. So came home to get a bit of money and to work up some uh, experience here and then went back over again and did some time with uh, Rye House, did some time with uh, Arena Essex, the Lakeside in the league. And, um yeah so i've done done probably five four or five years over there now yeah yeah and that's a, we don't understand the leagues of that so we'll get into a bit of that for sure so we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll hook into the bit of a gp wrap-up um who, who do you oh who, who, what's your thoughts on the series and who and who's going to win um i uh, yeah everyone has riders they do and don't like i'm not a huge fan of, of certain riders and not for their um anything personal it's just you know we, we all watch racing and it could be Villapoto that doesn't doesn't spark someone as an interest but he'll be the best at the time it really sort of upsets your weekend and for me I think Kyle Wolfenden is going to win um, as much as I've got nothing against him I just would rather see somebody else win um, I really think Kyle's going to win because he's been in this position before um, I've seen what what happens when he's in this sort of kind of forgotten he's back there in third at the moment um he's only sort of 10 points behind but he's very experienced he's done this before and um out of the the three that are running whether Bartosz can back it up and do it a second year in a row which 
Ty's already done that. Um, I would probably put money on Ty, definitely. Yeah, rightio. I've got the points up here in front of me, and I, like I sort of said before, I've been watching it, but, like, it's a three-hour program on the KO Sports thing, and I don't watch the whole <laughs> lot. Like, I fast-forward to the finals, but then, as you know, like, there can be some epic races during the night that you might miss if you just watch yeah. the finals. So, like, I watched those first few, and I thought Smarzlik was, yeah, man, like, he was pretty hot. Like, he was riding really well. And, like, I'm just – I've got the points up here in front of me, and he's got, you know, a lot of points in these last – few and he's looking pretty strong but then like you said Woffenden's pretty experienced multi-time champ too so interesting race to the finals there's two rounds to go um so yeah you reckon your money's on Woffenden to, to claim another one I think if it comes down to a a a must win I think Ty will have more definitely more to bring to the table than Schmarzlick it's it could go the other way um uh, I mean Barcage is a, a phenomenal rider and you can see that from his speed he's um, everything he does on the track is he looks good and he's fast. So he's definitely got as much chance as anybody to win it. Um, I just feel like in a, in a heated one-on-one, I just feel like Ty would, would come out. Because um, Bartosz just make some small mistakes. Um, and unfortunately, the ones that he makes so far, what I've seen, have just been in the wrong, wrong time, um, which will get him out of the semis or it'll just little things that just, are costly that Ty's not doing at the moment. If he makes a mistake, it's sort of not costing him that big. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Jason Doyle. Pretty much what's happening with Doyle at the moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's my next question. Um, Jason Doyle, like early in the series, you know, those first couple of rounds, six points, two points, he didn't really do a whole lot. And then he's picked it back up again since then and had some pretty good rides. Um, it looks like he's found some form or like, I don't know much about the bikes. Do they find something on the bike that helps them or is it really just a form thing or yeah what's your take on that it, it's very uh very hit and miss with the bike it's sometimes you could do nothing to it and accidentally it's just perfect um and then other times you could put every spare part and try 10 different things and for some reason it goes backwards um it, it's just one of those things i suppose and this is you know perfect example of watching someone like doily if you could scrap the first two grand prix uh, I'd probably pick Jason to win it. Right. If you, it's just those points have hurt him so much uh, in the title chase. But if you see how he's going now, and and this is just how how it goes in Speedway when you when you're going good, you seem to keep going good until something significant happens, and then all of a sudden it's um, from personal, you know, personal experience. I thought too much about racing, so I'd go really good and then be great for a few months, and then be everything would be perfect, and almost like you couldn't lose points and then you'd have one little crash or an engine blow up or some something that would just scare you a little bit and then you'd have 10 meetings where your job was on the line because you're just not scoring anymore. Yeah. Um, and, and it was just really hard to figure out why. And I do see that sometimes with Doily where you'll just have like those first two GPs, it was just like nothing was going right. And then all of a sudden, bang, he seems to now, other than touching the tapes, he kind of can't do anything wrong. He's just really in it all the time. He's got good speed. So, so you think yeah, it was a bit of a shame on the first two. Yeah, so you think it was probably a bit of a combo, like he's maybe you know come up with a bit better setup on the bike, and he's in a better spot, and his confidence is growing, and it's just one of those you know package deal type things where he's really just started to work it out a bit more. I mean, he's a world champion in previous years, so it's a bit of an odd thing to say, yeah. but he sort of found form in a few ways. Is sort of was that what your take on it is? Yeah, exactly. Like it's as I say, it's such a fickle sport. You can be. Um, well, Adam Laguda in the first round, you could have pretty much bet your house that he was going to win every race because he was just 
another league, his bike looked like it was a, you know, like it was a, a like a hundred cc's faster than everyone else's. And then um, the very next night, it was a opposite. It was just like he was struggling to find speed, but then all of a sudden, bang, he found it again. And then in the third Grand Prix, he pretty much couldn't find it at all. Um, so yeah, I unfortunately your, your history and your background on these ones, like I could go down to, um, you know, Antonio Lindback. He's right now sitting in 16th, barely scoring any points. But if you watched him in the league racing, um, he beats everyone that's above him week in, week out. So it's, <laughs> that's what makes it such an exciting sport and makes the GPs so exciting themselves is the, the people that are on top and are just clicking off the wins are just having a good time and it just keeps rolling. Yeah, and he's, and he's six in the points at the moment. Um, so he's two out from fourth. Do you think he can get yep. into fourth? I think definitely. I think he... I think we're going to see the, the best of Doyley yet to come. That's good. Uh, Doyley is one of those people that when, when the pressure is coming and uh, the odds are against, he just seems to be, you know, in his element, he's in his game. Um, and that's what I said before with Ty. He's very much the same when, when the odds are down and uh, people think, you know, forget about Whoopi, he's back in 30, he's got nothing. He'll just come out and win every race and, and kill the final. Um, so, yeah, him and Doyley, I would definitely watch the next the next couple. That's good. Go the Aussie. What's yeah. the um? Here's one me and Todd were talking about earlier on, with the difference between the leagues. So we've obviously got a few few friends over there, um, Rowan Tungate and Sam Masters, um, and yeah. you know Jason Crumbs going back over. What, what's what's the difference between all the leagues? Like I just thought it was all just one 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 series, you know, same as what it is over here. But there's there's different leagues, different races here and there, and they don't kind of interact. No. So uh, the first step is the British League. So it's the main the main body of racing in Europe. Um, even though it's not part of Europe, it's still part of that whole, um, you know, people live in, in Poland and they fly over to England and, and race. So England's kind of like the the main the main sort of NRL hub, if you will, to simulate it to something in Australia. And it's just, uh, you know, you've got all the teams, everyone's racing. Um, from there, it goes up. You need to be at the top in England to get a, a chance to ride in Poland or Sweden because it's kind of like a, a step up again. Um, you know, even second division in Poland would be equivalent to elite league in England. Right. So, uh, and, and the same in Sweden as well. They're very much bigger tracks, much faster. Um, the riders, you know, you've probably never heard of any of the riders before, but you watch them ride and wonder how you've never heard of them before. Um, so it's, it's a very different ball game. So Europe, anyone that's riding in Poland or Sweden is, is a step above, um, the majority that's riding in England. Right. So they're the tip top guys. Yeah, yeah, you won't you won't last in and Poland's very cutthroat. Like um, I've seen friends of mine who uh, have gone over and been in great form in England and scored two points in Poland and never got a chance to go back. Um, I was ready to go over to Poland and had probably about three three meetings that were not that good and then got a phone call saying we're going to watch your next two and um, and then all of a sudden it was a oh my god! Uh, every time you line up to the start, it's a, you almost want to tell the people next to you. I know we're supposed to be racing each other, but I've got some big things happening at the moment. Could you just sort of make me look good at the moment? <laughs> Even though it doesn't work that way. Uh, and then the pressure gets to you and then, yeah, you get a phone call and I said, we're just going to wait until you're back on top of things again. And that was it. It never got asked again. So, um, yeah, very, very difficult. It's high level appreciation for anyone that's doing it, like Sam at the moment over there and uh, and Rowan. That's phenomenal because it's yeah, such a step above what, what people think it is. It's, yeah, it's another another league again. And some of these guys ride 
like in multiple leagues too, don't they? Like they ride Poland and the UK or Poland and Sweden or whatever. Like they ride for teams in multiple leagues. Yeah, so Sweden is a Tuesday, um, a Tuesday league, and Poland's a Sunday league. So, uh, what right. often happens is they ride, um, depending on who you ride for. So, I rode for Rye House, which was a Saturday club, right? Um, which would mean for me to ride in Poland, I'd have my my home race in England on Saturday. I'd need to get on a plane Saturday night, fly over, and then Sunday night race in Poland, fly back to, mm. or you'd probably fly to Sweden, get some things ready, race on Tuesday night, then back to England, um, you know, early hours of of Wednesday morning, and if you had a, a league race on in England Wednesday or Thursday, then yeah, you're just back on the bike again. So it's, it's it comes down to I think um, what your schedule is and what you're able to handle. My cousin Adam, who was sort of a really really top level sort of Premier League rider, elite league rider in England, he did Poland and Sweden, um, and was riding up to six days a week, and he wow. did that for around eight months. Um, wow. Yeah. It's, it's big, and that was one of the years that I mechanic for him, and it was just constant bike washing, uh, constant driving, constant sleeping in the van. Uh, it's such a big year that these guys go through. It's, it's amazing. When they come home, the, the four or so months that they get off, it's surprised they even want to get on a bike to ride, um, let alone fight for a championship here. That's it, pretty well deserved, that's for sure. Yeah, you'd have to have um, – Yeah. So you'd have to have multiple bikes, um, probably either a mechanic or someone helping you and, and moving your bikes in between – Cars, vehicles, like yeah, the whole yeah. show. Well, like, 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 whilst you're racing somewhere, someone else has got another set set of your bikes, and um, in a in a in a box van, I assume, dri- driving them somewhere else, so you can fly there, and yeah, yeah. So Sam Sammy Masters has um, anywhere up to four plus bikes in England. He'll have um, three bikes in Poland, a few in Sweden. You know, like his mechanics are like part time, so they'll go over there and make sure his stuff's squared away, and then when Sam stuff squared away and, and sort of locked up in his in his storage over there. Uh, they'll go and help whoever they've got to help, and then when you know Sam turns up, they pick him up in the van, and that's their job to look after him and mechanic for him until they take him to the airport, and bang, off he goes again. And uh, so every time these guys turn up to a, a country or turn up to an airport, it's it's a pickup and everything's ready to go. They just get to the track and make sure that you know they're comfortable with their, their settings, everything's good, and. Um, have a chat to their mechanics if they've, they've changed anything or if anything was found. Or um, so it's very, yeah, very very trustworthy sport because you've got to make sure that whoever's your mechanic, um, you know, is, is doing a good job. And I think Rowan had a little bit of drama with a mechanic. He turned up to a race meeting and had a situation where it just went south a bit. Whether it was you know mechanic had something going on or whatever it was, but he turned up and had no bike, so he was forced to withdraw from the meeting, which was. Um, uh, yeah, led to a, a, a public apology and uh, would have been a massive, massive letdown to not only him, but his fans, his, um, you know, his income, everything. And so, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of trust goes into it as a team. Yeah, interesting yeah, stuff. That's crazy. We'll, we'll we'll go more into that at another yeah. time. And I want to I want to break down yeah. the bikes as well. The the because the bikes are incredible. Like the the frame geometries and everything that the from tires to gearing to the engines. It's just, it's crazy. So we'll, we'll break all that down with you on, an, yeah, on another I, I time. I think this yeah. chat's left me with more questions and answers. Even though I've got my speedway <laughs> wrap up, I've now, yeah. I'm like, I've actually been writing stuff down here on a bit of paper and I'm like, Jed, what about this? Jed, what about that? And I, I'm coming up with more as it goes through. But we only wanted to get you on for a little bit just for the first episode, just to sort of, you know, introduce you guys and all the listeners, get to know you a little bit, get a bit of a rundown yeah. of, of the GP series. Um, and, you know, we can start building some background to the riders, to the teams, to the leagues, all this sort of stuff. And 
yeah, maybe touch on it a bit during the season, mate. So thanks for your time. Thanks for coming on. Hopefully we can get you in studio here. You actually live nearby us and it just didn't work out today, but um, yeah. maybe next time, oh, mate, cool. we'll get you in here in studio. Absolutely. Love to. Now, um, before you go, though, is the... We've got, a, we've got a beer on it, right? So you've got yeah. the beer on Woffenden winning and I've got the beer on Smarslick winning. Is that how it's going to go? Done. Righto. You're sold. Carl yeah, I'm excited about this. Mate, so. I've only got the two, yeah, the two that are old enough to bet in this house uh, and my daughter and my wife and neither of them care motorsports one bit so I'm always betting myself and I'm always losing all winning beers at the same time. All right, mate. Well, um, I drink Carlton Dry and there's a bottle on the way here, mate, so feel free to get one on the way. <laughs> yeah, no diamonds. <laughs> thanks for coming on, mate. We'll catch up soon. No, thanks, mate.